You're listening to Radically Pragmatic, a podcast from the Progressive Policy Institute. We talk with lawmakers, policy experts, and thought leaders about the issues driving the news nationally and internationally. The Progressive Policy Institute is a catalyst for policy innovation and political reform with offices in Washington, D.C. and Brussels. Its mission is to create radically pragmatic ideas for moving America beyond ideological and partisan deadlock. We encourage analytical conversations, not your typical partisan talking points. Welcome back to another edition of Rise Reports, the podcast, the Reinventing America Schools Project at the Progressive Policy Institute's podcast. My name is Curtis Valentine. I am the co-director of the project, and I am here on location in Austin, Texas for South by Southwest. So glad to be here. And we are here doing a series we're calling What's Next? The Future is Now. I'm so excited to have uh, my first guest here, uh, my good brother, Emery Edwards of Ed Choice. Uh, how you doing, Emery? Man, I'm doing good. So, so glad to have you, brother. Um, and so glad to be here uh, in, in Austin, as you know. Uh, this is always an opportunity to come, to connect, uh, to get some good information. Uh, tell the people uh, what Ed Choice is and what you do there. So I'm the vice president of outreach for Ed Choice. At Ed Choice, we're a national advocacy agency, and we're really focused our work on empowering parents to truly have, truly be in charge of where they send their kids to school. So we're agnostic when it comes to school type. We just want parents to truly be empowered to make that decision that's best for their family and have the policy policies in place to allow them to do that. So tell me a bit about what you're doing here uh, at South by Southwest. Is uh, Ed Choice uh, doing any events, any panels? Talk to, to us about what's, what's happening here in Austin. So yeah, we're excited about South by Southwest this week. We're actually doing two two panels. Um, one just kind of talking about um, this conversion between like the entertainment, culture, and education and um, how influencers can play a bigger role and really getting the message about educational empowerment, educational entrepreneurship out to the masses. And then we're going to um, preview and release a poll that we've done, um, our Black parents' views and perspectives on K-12 education. Um, we're really excited about this project. So we launched this last fall, and we were really intentional about making sure that we have Black parents, Black educators, and Black education advocates involved from the ground up. So this is one of those research projects where we actually had the people that we're trying to reach be a part of creating that poll set, giving us insights to really drive how this end poll would look. So we're excited to preview the results of that poll and have just some conversations about how it can impact community. And then we're launching a brand new event that we're calling our House of Choice. So again, this is kind of that merger of culture, entertainment, networking, um, plus delivering some, curating some great conversations, delivering some great content all in one. So great opportunity, like I said, to build community um, and also have some really good learning opportunities while we're doing that. And I'm looking forward to uh, participating in, in that House of Choice event as well. So 
Uh, I'm, I hope it's hope it's going to be as as amazing as it sounds, um, and I'm sure it will be. Um, I want to talk about the work you're doing at at Ed Choice, and you know, what what do you what are you most excited about in your work? Like when you when you when you go into work, when you're you know heading off uh, into the office, what most excites you about the work that you do at Ed Choice? You know, over the past couple of years, we've just been really intentional about building authentic relationships and authentic conversations around educational opportunity, educational choice. Um, I think that's what excites me the most. We're a group who's really focused on not just crafting policies, but making sure that communities understand how they can benefit from these policies and that they're at the table and that their voice is being heard. So being able to build out specific programs to, you know, connect with communities of color. Um, that's really what excites me every day. It's just being able to take this conversation, take this dialogue to new audiences. And so, I mean, that's, that, that's so, I mean, you, we, and we've worked together on a number of events um, and your energy and passion for the work you do. I mean, it, it comes through, you know, both in the event, you know, from folks who are at the event, you know, talking about what you've done to bring them together. Uh, and so that is clear. Uh, I mean, we're here at South by and, you know, the, the, the spirit of South by Southwest is always about the future, uh, about what's coming around the corner and people come here because they know that they're going to get something to take back with them. What's, what's, what's next for, for, for Ed choice. What are you all thinking about now? You know, any idea that you have that may not be fully, fully formed, but things that you all are, are, are really thinking about as, as the years uh, uh, come around. I mean, some of the conversations that we've been having lately have really been around educational entrepreneurship and like, how is that going to look in the future? You know, none of us think that the way that we educate kids now, um, just the standard how schools look is going to look the same five or 10 years from now. We've really been diving into like this whole micro school culture. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity there, you know, especially when we look at right now, most people will tell you that there's a teacher shortage. And I think one way that we solve that teacher shortage is by empowering teachers to actually consider launching their own micro schools. You know, a lot of the reasons that we hear teachers are getting out of education usually is around, you know, burnout from some of the bureaucracy, some of the things that they have to deal with from being within a building within a system. But micro schools provide them an opportunity to still connect, still educate students and not kind of not have to deal with all of those other things that they would have to in the building. So we're really looking at, you know, how can we empower um, more educators and, you know, honestly, more family members to consider that. So that's something, you know, building towards the future, we're looking at it from a perspective. What policies would need to be in place to support those parents, those educators who would want to start a micro school? And, um, you know, what professional development opportunities can we provide those that are interested in it as well? Uh, no, I mean, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm also going to have um, Janelle Wood um, on the pod while we're here at South by someone who's really at the forefront of, of the micro school movement. Uh, I'm so excited about that. Um, you know, this, this idea of South by Southwest is also, you know, at least framed as a conference that really drives idea of technology and, and an intersection between education and technology. 
what role will technology play in this new educational entrepreneurship, this micro school movement that you and Janelle and others are really uh, pushing forward? I mean, I think technology is going to be a big role. You know, we're seeing that you don't have to be in person to deliver high quality education. Um, there are several groups that have started online schools or like online enrichment programs. And I think we're just going to continue to see that grow. You know, I look at uh, what Kaya Henderson is doing with Reconstruction.us. I mean, that platform is amazing. And, you know, being able to develop a curriculum that now reaches all across the country versus just being in one building, I think you're going to see more opportunities, more applications grow like that with more technology getting involved with education. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's something that I'm, I I'm, I wrestle with and I'm oh, it's always the top of mind to me um, is how you bring um, the, the, the science and the art uh, to, together. I think there's tremendous opportunities uh, there. And I think here at, at, at South by a lot of the panels, a lot of the discussions, a lot of the speakers uh, are coming to the space, trying to figure out like, how can technology uh, increase access um, and also ensure that, you know, individuals, parents have as much information as possible to make the right decisions. Uh, and this gets to my next question, particularly around, you know, the work that you're doing at EdChoice and how, um, you know, how are you all really centering the experience of Black parents and what that you will do in the future? I mean, it kind of goes back to something I said earlier. We've been really intentional with making sure that all voices are heard, all voices are at the table. And for us, I don't think that's something that's going to change. Um, it's really important that in this work that we do, that as we build these policies, as we help support things, that we're going to local communities, ensuring that the local community is involved. And one way of always doing that is making sure that, again, their voices are being heard. So for us, when it comes to the work that we're doing in particular states with Black parents, you know, we're looking to see, hey, how can we build, help build out the next, you know, parent organizing or parent advocacy group. So they're on the ground. They're the ones that are really connecting to the community, and we're being that resource for them to give them knowledge and expertise to help them actually engage parents in their community better. No, that, that, that that's right. You know, what, one thing I think a, a lot of us who are in this space have um, – <laughs> is really change, change some of the vocabulary from, you know, school choice to parent choice, because we know that, you know, in, in the end, um, parents have to have, you know, that, that freedom um, to, to make those decisions. But as we mentioned before, you know, to be informed, you have to have that information. And I'm, I'm glad that you all did your survey, uh, but also are really, you know, centering, you know, those experiences and, and have the technology um, to, to really ensure parents have that information to make that informed decision. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're here again, South by there's panels, a discussion, there's speakers, but I'm, I'm, I'm always, and this is probably just, just me. I'm always thinking about like, what's missing, like what's not being discussed at conferences like this, what panels should be, um, highlighted, what speakers are not in the room, you know, what what are conferences like South by Southwest missing, and and where, where what are their blind spots as it relates to speakers, topics, and uh, issues? Well, I think we're trying to attack one of those things this year. You know, there's hasn't been a lot of conversation about again the impact of influencers and like this conversion of 
mainstream culture and education um, and like the impacts that mainstream culture can have on education influencers can have on education. And we're trying to step into that this year, you know, with our panel and with what we're doing with House of Choice. But I think that's something that needs to be on a bigger stage, on a bigger platform. Like how do we elevate those conversations? How do we elevate some of the work that's happening out here from entertainers, celebrities? So, you know, what Pharrell is doing with Yellow Lab, um, you know, some of the work that other entrepreneurs like Cortez Bryant, some of the platforms that they've built within the entertainment industry that can be actually used um, in an educational space. So, like, having more conversations about that, bringing more of those people into the room to be a part of our conversations, you know, around educational entrepreneurship, educational opportunity, that's the big miss. And I hope with us kind of stepping into this arena and trying to highlight some of those things that have happened, it'll be more comfortable and more acceptable for others to kind of start bringing them to larger platforms as well. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned this a, a, a few times, this idea of educational uh, entrepreneurship. And that is something that I think we've in the past talked about, this intersection between education and um, the Black uh, black wealth gap in our communities um, and, and how education is funded, but also what it looks like outside of the classroom. Um, talking about more what you mean by educational entrepreneurship. I mean, being able to look at, you know, Education itself, when you look at running a school, is a business. Um, and it's more than just what we see in the classroom. Everything that goes around it from contracts to fulfillment services um, to developing curriculum. So when we look at education entrepreneurship, how we build in the future of entrepreneurs in, from education, um, and definitely when you look at it from a black and brown standpoint, how are we ensuring that we have more black and brown education entrepreneurs? So those that are leading schools with those that are also developing curriculum, um, leading professional development sessions for teachers that are building the next technology that we'll use to educate our kids. So those are some of the bigger conversations that we're having. Again, trying to look at that, that total education ecosystem and what are the things that are missing? What are the things that can be redeveloped? What are those new opportunities that are on horizon um, when you look at that from a holistic standpoint? So that's why edu education entrepreneurship is something that has become a really big area for us that we're looking to explore deeper and how can we help create, again, that next generation of education entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, where, I mean, I think we need to, um, be you know putting our our uh, our energy you know work we've done together and the work we're doing at at PPI uh, I mean there is a, uh, something to say about students being able to walk outside of the school building and in their community see people who look like them who run businesses um, and who are thriving um, but also are you know can hire them and to apply what they've learned in school um, and so as we wrap up man I really appreciate this I know you got to get back um, you're down there at the conference um, you know a hall and, and down to the convention center walking around and doing your thing so i want to get you get you back to the conference but before i let you go um i just want you to sort of paint a picture for you know what does the future of education look like let's talk 2050 you know um you know what type of school will your grandbabies be walking into 
on their first day of school? You know, for me, when I look at the possibilities of what education could look like, um, I imagine it as our kids will be walking into an educational center that may resemble a mall um, that we have today, where they can walk into one building and there's a STEM school, there's a classical liberal arts school, there's a arts and entertainment school, there's all of these choices that are available for them in one location. Um, and that it looks nothing like it does now to where families can truly curate the type of education that they want the kids to have. So Monday, they may be attending, like I said, the classical liberal arts school. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, they may be going to programs at the STEM school. But it's truly become something that we're driving, that we're curating, that we're changing, and we're getting the outcomes that we want to see for our kids versus, you know, what we've seen for the past 100 plus years of 30 kids walking into a classroom, you know, sitting in rows of five or six with a teacher standing in front of the classroom. I think our classrooms will look totally different, you know, by the time we get to 2040, 2050. No, brother. I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, I know the work that you're doing is going to make sure that happens. I hope work we're doing at, at PPI will, 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 will as well. And so thank you so much. I'm going to let you get back to the conference. Um, I appreciate you and I will see you soon. Looking forward to uh, our event together um, at the House of Choice. And so uh, thank you all again for listening into this uh, episode of Raj Reports. Uh, I'm here with Emory Edwards of Ed Choice. Uh, we're here at South by Southwest. Uh, and this has been podcast series what's next here on location at, at south by southwest so thank you so much for listening in um and i hope you'll look in listening to our next episode of the Roger reports podcast here on location at south by southwest you all have a great day thanks for listening want to learn more about the progressive policy institute follow us on twitter at ppi and on facebook at progressive policy institute or go to our website at progressivepolicy.org be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and check back for new episodes. We'll talk with you soon.